We are the two men behind two thumbs undecided. Two thumbs undecided here. Welcome again. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And what an amazing interview uh, we had last week. We would like to thank Donna Belichick uh, for Namaste. doing that again. Namaste. Um, so first off, uh, I want to briefly go over um, something that we talked Briefly, when we first started this podcast, we are now on our th- uh, our eleventh episode. Wow, it's pretty cool. Feels like you know, yesterday. One, one. When did we begin? I honestly, I don't have my watch on me, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't have it on me either. Yeah, I lost it a while ago. Well, but, um, what do you got to say, Sam? What do you got to say? For here's yourself? what I got to say. The reason I think, uh, looking at a lot of podcasts, some of them are, are much more, you know, broad. I think. And there's a lot of movie podcasts. So why tune into this one? You know, what's so important about Two Thumbs Undecided? Um, and I think one of the reasons I personally, it's something I didn't talk about on the podcast episode, one of the personal reasons I don't like to listen to movie podcasts in particular <laughs> is because <laughs> they're very predictable. I mean, of course. Now, we've been harping on Marvel and and we've harped a little bit on Black Panther last time. I don't think we necessarily, correct me if I'm wrong, Zach, I don't think we necessarily dislike the films. No, I just, we, I, it's, we see it's, it, go a ahead. continuation of things. We, 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 I think, I don't know, personally, I think we've seen past the corporate and why maybe people would like it. Like, oh yeah, finally, the, you know, like, the, like this is a, like... What are you saying? I don't know. You go. All right. So, anyways, um, basically, we everyone knows. If, like listening to them, of course you like Black Panther. Of course you like all these Marvel films because it's been it's always been like that. But are they actually good movies? I mean, that's undecided. That's opinionated. Exactly. I mean, that's that's kind of like what we're trying to get at. But I feel like a lot of times. I, it's kind of like assumed you like certain movies and like the whole for instance Mamma Mia 2 coming out <laughs> of course like mm. some like very specific sort of people are going to be excited by it but like they you see it and you know it's a money grab but still people are like oh it was great or or people will say like it hit all like if it checks off boxes that the everyone knows needs to be checked off then it's a good film. And I think we just want people to have much more of an opinion about things because it seems like a lot of times there really is no surprise when it comes to when a movie comes out, people are going to like that. And we keep on harping on Black Panther, but that's kind of the biggest one. Yeah, so that's why we do our thing is we are... Man, you're just a bunch of words today. We're an alternative... Um, no, ooh, that's an ugly word. Uh, <laughs> All right, Zach. No, what are we... Sam explained it better. I just... You you did too many words. What? Well, well I have no words. <laughs> Trust me, what's about to come next is going to be full of smart <laughs> words. Anywho. Oh, Zach. You can edit that out. No, we're not editing that out. Wait, why? Oh, what What did I What did I say? You didn't say anything <laughs> is the thing. But yet I said so much. You said, said so we're much. an alternative. 
And then I realized I'll tell Anyways, let me just finish it then. Uh, instead well, of you. Just, you kept going. Okay. <laughs> Go on. Um, we want you to have your own point of view. Yes. Um, there we go. We, we want don't... you to have your own unique point of view. Yeah. And most people do, but a lot of times, uh, hearing en masse, it seems like a lot of people don't. And we want you to be proud of the fact that you don't like movies that people like, or you like movies that most people don't like. You know, that's what makes you you. So, we want you to remain undecided uh, when it comes to what everyone else we don't want you to remain undecided, but we want you to, you know, it's not bad to be undecided. You okay. don't have to be following the, the masses. All right, so anyways, we're going to move on now uh, to our um, news news for uh, the week. And we'll make this quick because I think our, our main topic is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, I had it. Um, okay, uh, so the, the quote-quote greatest uh, movie performance ever turns 90. The mm. movie? Take the... a guess. Wait, let's give the audience the guess. No. Well, I heard that person. Yeah, that was right. Oh, that was right. Yeah, good job. Good for you. Oh, it's a dog. Listener. Oh, it's a dog. He's a dog. Okay, well, Dog-y I mean, dogs. at least something alive got All right. it right. The, um, the, it is the passion of Joan of Arc and mm-hmm. the woman who played Joan of Arc. The movie turns 90, the passion of the Joan of Arc. Uh, directed by uh, Carl Theodore Dreyri. And the uh, person who did the greatest performance, if you ha- uh, haven't at least seen that ending, it's beautiful. It was Rene Falconetti. It's French. Falconetti. Falconetti. You took yeah. French, didn't you? I did. Hmm. I'll build. Anyway, so that turned ninety today. Isn't that fan- fantastic? What a great I've film, though. Seen even it. though we get what? Oh, never even seen though we thing. get to uh, the movies uh, we're going to talk about at the end. This movie, though, turns ninety, and it it is held up over ninety years. Really? Really? No, I I think it's one of those. If you poo poo silence movies, watch this movie by yourself. Wow. In and just. Try not to cry. It is the most powerful silent film I have ever. Just looking at her lies or her eyes, or just so much pain and just a stare. I wonder how she and got it's to that. So, cause she, I mean, she was Ugh. in stage. This is back in the day where. Just look at that. Yeah, I mean, look at it, audience. Look at it. Look at the. Oh my <laughs> we'll describe it to you, Zach. Describe the image. Uh, hey, man, they should have sent a poet instead of a. <laughs> What? A guy who doesn't do poetry. Um, her eyes are really glistening, and they're big, mm. and her lips are uh, very unwavered, and her chin, uh, chin bones are structured in such a way that it makes me feel sympathetic to her. Ooh. Very smooth face. Man, I wonder if she took Prozac. Is that what you do for a smooth face? Prozac? Yeah. I, I don't no, know. No, Proactive. Prozac is, Prozac is for, I was about to for say, depression. Honestly, or, I, I would for anxiety be, or something. I would think she was a witch too. <laughs> well, they didn't think she was. Man, a witch. I really. Maybe she's crying because she's like, "Man, I wish Prozac was invented." <laughs> Do you think it wasn't invented yet? Prozac? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. This is this movie came out in the twenties, by the way, guys. I, I don't think we. Yeah. Well, we I said mean, that. If this you isn't can't like do the math, artist. Ninety. Oh yeah, ninety. 
So I so yeah. it came out in thirty. Oh no, it came out in twenty. Uh, it is twenty eight. It is uh, on Criterion Collection. Mm. So that's the news. But I'm excited for today's discussion. Sam, okay. would you like to bring us in? I would. Uh, so this has a little bit of a backstory. Um, and this is uh, actually in response to a another podcast. Well, it's, uh, uh, it, we should say what it is first. Oh, oh, what the what the thing is? Yeah, what our subject well, is. Okay, so the subject uh, for today is we're going to actually have a little debate. Mm-hmm. Um, Scorsese uh, versus um, Spielberg. And to be more specific, uh, the question is who had more influence on cinema today? Had more in, in fact, impact on what cinema is today? Uh-huh. And this is actually in reference uh, to a podcast... Uh, from this podcast uh, called The Great Debates. They're really great. I've been listening to them a lot. Uh, but they actually had one um, back in April 20th of 2017 called Spielberg is Better Than Scorsese, yes. which we were listening to it, my brother and I, uh, and we both agreed that we don't think they really, respectfully, we don't think they really knew what they were talking about. Um they were saying they, that Jurassic Park wasn't a good movie. Which is I saw that true. movie several times as a child mm-hmm. and as an adult. I saw it in 3D. It still holds up. Yeah, I, we. I, I mean, to be fair, movies are subjective, so you can't really be. But also, the phrase "better than" is kind of very broad. Like, if we're just talking better than, like, who's a better human being? Like, which one's... Uh, who do you think is a better human being? Uh, who do I think is a... I probably would say Spielberg seems like he's probably a better human being. Not saying... Nowadays? Scorsese is... Yeah, why not? I mean, they're probably... They're both, like, yeah. as egoed out as they could be, so it's like... I hope not. You know? I mean, they might not be, but if they were, like, they both had the same degree of, of you know, going getting into their minds or, like having a chance of being big-headed, so, like... Yeah! Their heads should be equally big, so which one is nicer whilst big? Yeah. Anyways, um, um, so we're gonna uh, debate should, okay. about that. I, and, um, so I am taking the position that Martin Scorsese has done more for cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, though I just want to preface, I love Steven Spielberg, but I will defend Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna uh, start the clock. Uh, Thirty minutes um, starting. So we're gonna start with opening statements, then go back and forth for a little bit, and then we'll do closing remarks around uh, uh, the five-minute mark. All right. <clears throat> yes. Here we go. So, uh, and uh, do you want me to start first? Yes. All right. So Spielberg. Um, now Spielberg is Spielberg. Everyone knows the name. Spielberg itself is synonymous with film as we know it today. Um, and I know this is kind of a basic argument, uh, but just Spielberg is movies. I mean, my favorite director growing up was Spielberg because he was the first director I knew. Um, and I think that's true for most uh, young people uh, or for most people growing up. Um, they look to Spielberg um, he started the blockbuster as we know it today, um, for better or for worse, that did have the greatest influence on uh, America today. And uh, 
it, it, it really changed films forever. Just that one movie, Jaws. And that's just looking at one film. Um, and then he immediately went on uh, and made um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Almost within two years, he made that. Um, and if we're also just looking at pure filmography, the movies he's made has had such an impact on American culture. Every like All of his characters are so important and everyone knows about them and has had made some sort of film around it. And also, uh, he's not just a, a, what you think of as like a Hollywood um, filmmaker. A lot of his characters are really um, human. Um, and, and mostly towards the beginning of his career, especially with Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, the fact the dad in that character uh, was... I mean, the character of he was just so compelled to leave his his to go find this aliens um, that there's this really interesting dynamic with him um, and and his family where his family thought it was so real. Um, and I think he did a greater job of capturing just uh, human and making the human condition seem very beautiful, uh, which is why I think he's so endearing and why he so many people are connected to him as opposed to Scorsese, who does have very interesting characters in them, uh, but uh, Spielberg was able to touch on something. Uh, okay, yeah. Well, okay, well, I'm just saying, let me you're finish opening, it. You're, it's taking forever, man. Oh, my God. Spielberg was able to um, still be great, larger than life, while still being touching the human condition in a unique way. All right, so my uh, opening statement is that Martin Scorsese is the poet. His is more of the intellectual. Yes, his movies aren't considered box uh, blockbusters, but that's because his movies are him. They are a, a slice of who he is. He is the ultimate, probably the most popular auteur that survived the 1970s. Um, the free thinking. His characters are true to life. They're real. They express, in a way, kind of like what, what is true about life. And in a very un... un what's, what's it called? Un... <laughs> this is going to be my opening debate. Um, a raw, in a raw sort of way. Um... Can't I can't say too much more. I feel like uh, the opening statement of my argument will come to fruition more as it comes along. I just feel like as a movie uh, in movies, I feel like his movies are more pure. They are what movies should be, in my opinion. More about the filmmaker, or the as a as a a poetry than just. pure entertainment but see i don't really i don't know if that's true either it's like <laughs> maybe <laughs> i think he 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 speaks his voice but steven spielberg you know he speaks his voice <laughs> but he doesn't wow wait a second wait this is honestly perfect we're called two thumbs on decided I'm the undecided one here. <laughs> and you're but undecided. I will say, I, here's the thing. In the world of cinema, 
Uh, I mean, like. Oh my dear. I so I think funny. I think Martin Scorsese. I I think he may have made people. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds let's, like you lost. <laughs> no, I didn't lose. I'm just thinking to myself. I mean, like, let's debate. Let's start it. Let's do this. I'm done. My opening. Okay. Statement um, dissolved. What What do you got? What do you have? Because, like, I'm, I mean, more of I'm the same. On... Let's talk about some of the random points that you made, the disjointed <laughs> points. You call him a poetic yeah. or a poet. Yeah, he is. Um, Those streets in New York in Taxi Driver, I mean, he painted a picture. He turned that, like, hellish world into pure art, into pure uh, magical but masterpiece. He, While he... Steven Spielberg, all he was doing was, you know, Filming car chases and uh, what? filming aliens. I mean, that's Sugar a Land very Express. simplified, extremely that's simplified that's way that's of exa- doing it. He did a very good job. See, the thing with Spiel- the spin- great the- episode of Columbo. Oh my deal. <laughs> the thing with Scorsese <laughs> is he romanticized something that had already been romanticized, New York. There's been other filmmakers who have romanticized New York. I don't think he didn't romanticize it. He, oh, he romanticized didn't... the hell of it. Well, still, you yeah, Woody he romanticized Allen, who it. made it. Uh, cute. He uh, he romanticized it, but it was in a. It was it seemed grimy, but it was still romanticized. I don't it was know still there was a lot. There, there. I mean, thing is, is he put a character in the hell of it, and he was he was dealing with Vietnam in such a way. He was the guy who was uh, kind of saying like, "There's something wrong with the system." While Steven Spielberg, he was kind of just having daddy issues. Uh, in a way, you know, with aliens replacing fathers. I mean that's cool, and there, it was action. It was great. He made a lot of great one-liners, and I, I his think movies were—they touched the nerve of what we like, you know. Scorsese, Love, no, of of Steven Spielberg. Okay, and that's where I want to talk about. Yes, blockbusters. He made the blockbusters, and that's why I—I I feel like yes, I think Steven Spielberg has had the biggest impact on. Uh, the cinema uh, c- cinema world but like that's also saying communism was the greatest it was probably the most influential thing on russia you know just because oh, it won okay so now you're hitting the point of <laughs> i'm saying that his, yes his version of filmmaking has is not how it should be so yes not how i think it should steven be. spielberg touched that lower lower temporal brain well, Martin Scorsese, who's trying to make people feel and actually be who they are, you know, say who they are as a person, their experiences. A lot of his characters are similar. They are. A lot similar. of his similars are just gangsters in the city. He doesn't really touch on anything very, you know, universal. Gangsters in the city? A lot of them are gangsters <laughs> in the city. Alice doesn't we... live here anymore. A single mother who is a failed singer. Okay, York, that New was York. his first New York. New, New York, York wasn't New York. he a gangster? No, he was not a gangster. He was a musician. Well, that also wasn't a good movie. So, well, I'm just saying. I'm giving several Kunda. I mean, let's Kunda. okay. Let's think of his biggest films. So, why would we think we, about his biggest films? Because that's he's what he's most several, known for. If I'm talking about, films. if I'm talking about Spielberg, okay, so many different movies and genres come to mind. He's done sci-fi. He's done family. Um... He's even done some more of the adult stuff. Uh, like, I mean, AI was kind of like one of the robots was like a prostitute. That movie isn't necessarily for kids. Yeah, because that was a Stanley Kubrick movie. But still, it's his. 
It doesn't matter how many different names are attached to it. It's his, it's his, it's his. Um, Wait, it's his? It, he directed it. Like, it's his movie. What are you talking about? It's just you said it's his, like, three times. Okay. Well, I was just ingraining in, the, in your brain. He's done so many different types of films. Scorsese is really just one hit, like which what? is just kind of, a, like, very... Uh, I will say... A lot of gangster-type people. I mean, gang or Gangs of New York, for instance. Uh, Gangs of New York and uh, Wolf on Wall Street are probably one of his two most... Uh, and Departed. Two or three of his uh, most classic modern films, and they all have to do with Aviator? gangs, Aviator? with being in gangs. Aviator, I haven't, he, I haven't he, seen too I've much. I've seen many, many times. And so I mean, he's this not a isn't, gangster in that. This isn't true for like all of his films, obviously, but Hugo? like most of his films. Now, Hugo is an interesting take. That's probably um, his his weirdest departure. But I honestly don't think I feel like Hugo was him trying to do a family-friendly movie, and I didn't really like it that much. I, I wasn't that... Uh, I thought it was I thought it was a little bit convoluted towards the end. I liked, the, uh, I liked it referencing old silent films. I thought it was a little bit too colorful. <laughs> I don't know. It was a weird... So it, it sounded like you're not really bit, supporting your point. No, I'm just saying, like, he, he did go out... I mean, like, it was very successful. People really liked it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just a, kind of a curmudgeon when it comes to films. Now Steven Spielberg, okay, his like his movie take on things. I really actually don't think he's ever really. Cha- I mean, I think his takes on like say Schindler's List and those oh. things. Yeah, that was a great departure from. But it still had almost kind of a what do you call it a uh, a a flair to it. I don't know kind what of you a, mean. It wasn't. A, it was still. Well, I gotta say, Schindler's List was pretty raw. Schindler's List was him trying to do a movie in the same vein of what of uh, of um, Scorsese sort of film, very dark, very gritty, very real. And she blew it out of the water. Yeah, like he that did. movie was he really crazy did. good. But it's, and it's if Hugo is him trying to do a movie like Spielberg, yeah, and scores and Spielberg. Uh, Schindler's List is him trying to do a movie like, like, uh, um, like Scorsese, or like Scorsese, Mm -hmm. then I I think there's no comparison. But then here's the thing. Why is it that Martin Scorsese's movies don't make it to, like, blockbuster level, but are still considered, and I consider, better movies than, say, a, a Steven Spielberg movie? So, like, he comes out with a movie like Silence. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an experimental departure. That's Steven Spielberg, I mean, Martin, I mean, Steven Spielberg would never do something like that. Talk about it. I liked Silence. I sat now, that's through all three point. hours of that, and I'm like, there is no music. It is very minimalistic uh, acting. Mm-hmm. I, I cared for the characters. It was a trip. No one went to go see it, though. And I don't understand. I thought it was visually appealing. Andrew Garfield did his thing, but uh, Steven Spielberg he just he just kind of does the blockbusters. I do think it's safe to say, though, in both cases, Spielberg and Scorsese aren't really inf- uh, influencing movies now. I disagree. Okay, I how think, would you disagree? Well, I think Wolf of Wall Street was fantastic. I don't think it was. 
I love it. It was any way it moved the cinema craft any place further. I feel now, like he touched see, on a lot of the same things he did before. Here's the thing. like, uh, How is mo- movies moving forward these days? The way the movies... What's it's moving, moving forward because of all the different platforms we're doing. And we even talked about this before. Oh, well, there you go. Steven Spielberg... He actually, they just quoted recently saying that uh, Netflix movies shouldn't be considered for Oscars. And, uh, excuse Scorsese me. Scorsese specifically I, said that movies he knows today are dead. At least Scorsese. Still, yes, that's Scorsese. He and does, he's moving to Netflix. The Irishman, which is his next movie, will be presented and is the highest gross, uh, the highest budgeted movie to ever be made on Netflix. What I'm saying, Martin though. Scorsese knows where... You know, no matter what what Scorsese and Spielberg do now, even if they move to different platforms, they're not going to be affecting it. There's so many other younger generations moving and doing things with these things with Netflix and yeah, Amazon they, that they are going to have the real influence. Spielberg, no matter what, these two, they, for all intents and purposes, I mean, they mean wow me, but I really don't think anything that they have done recently has had much influence. So I can't I I don't think we can really look at their their career now. Well, here here's another funny fact is uh um well in in that sense uh Steven Spielberg <laughs> See, that's why the question. See, if we did go for like who's the better filmmaker, I could argue that. Martin Scorsese. But unfortunately, <laughs> the thing is who has the greater impact on cinema? And I really do think, in a way, I mean, yes, it's Steven Spielberg. Oh, my God. I mean, I can't. I, wow. I bel- Can I'm, you, like, try to debate a little bit? Okay, fine. Just I, stick to your guns. Have you ever acted before? I, have I acted? You, you're, you've done improv. Just stick with your position and try <laughs> to argue it. But I don't want to seem like a babbling ding-dong. I know what I'm talking about. I have beliefs. Fine. I will pretend. And it will be mad. <laughs> now we can't do... Okay, let's switch it. Let's now switch You think you can do who's Martin a better Scorsese? director. No, oh, no, no. Who's, no. A... who's a better director? Okay. I mean, I, we can still go back to say, like, who changed... But here's the thing. Like, Steven Spielberg, he also produces, like, poop. Okay? He produced Tiny Toons, uh, Back to the Future, Gremlins. If you look at Martin Scorsese... <laughs> if you look... Have you seen Martin as he's he, uh, IMDb? He hasn't produced anything <laughs> Wait, really? since like uh, he only produced like he started producing in nineties, and they were like nothing. It was the Insect Trainer. Oh wait, blockers. really? He did that? Do you know what that is? No, I'm kidding. Oh. Wow. Okay. I'm just saying he he hasn't. This argument has kind of fallen flat. I'm just saying yes. I think, but I think. Martin, here's the thing. I think Martin Scorsese should have been a bigger influence. There was a weird turn in the 1970s where both were starting off. Everybody was starting off. They, the Universal, MGM, all those guys, they were, they were giving a shot that won't ever do it again in the big industries. Where they're like, hey, see these kids? Let's give them a chance. And so they gave kids like Martin Scorsese, Francis Ford Coppola, Brian De Palma, Steven Spielberg, all these guys, big money for these movies. So you got these really, um, you know, experimental blockbusters like the Apocalypse Nows and the, and the Taxi Drivers. People 
lined up around the corner for Taxi Driver. No, who lines up? The only time you see a line for movies are Black Panthers or the Avengers movie or a train, like a transporter movie. You wouldn't see a line for what's like a like a Richard Linklater movie in Pittsburgh. Like if I if I like went to a theater and went. Oh, well, that's great. also that's, Van that's, that's, that is has more to do with that has more to do with the theaters just kind of. Well, I mean, I guess that's because true with Black Panther. because Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, who I think in a way regrets it. That's why we don't see too much of him. They made this monster and it can't it, this genie. It has been uncapped. And there was a moment, I think, in the 70s where it could have been it, it could have gone two ways. You know, if Steven Spielberg stuck to his way of like Sugarland Express and went like, yeah, I'm going to make these more humbling movies, these kind of true to me stories, you know. And, you know, George Lucas probably would have made Star Wars eventually. Uh, and that, but Steven Spielberg, kinda, he, he, I mean, he, he made blockbuster after blockbuster. And what blockbuster, and he did a fantastic job. I think he did, he, his movies are some of the greatest I've ever seen. And I'm going to see Ready Player One on day one. <laughs> um, and that's, that, in my opinion, that is a blockbuster. But if Steven Spielberg and George Lucas kind of stuck to their American graffitis and their Sugarland Expresses, people would be walking around the corner for these art house films, these taxi so drivers. So it seems like you're kind of bashing Spielberg. What do you have to say about Scorsese? I like uh, Martin Scorsese. That's your argument? What? Wait. What's your argument for Scorsese? Oh, what's my argument for Scorsese? Yes, that's what this whole thing has been. Uh- He's stuck to his guns. There you go. He was he, like, he, a kingdom was built, being built around him. And he said, uh-uh, I'm going to stick to me. And you know what? I'm glad he did. He did Taxi Driver. And then he did, then he's like, I'm going to make a musical. <laughs> Martin Scorsese doing a musical. New York, New York. And then he just kept, he kept doing what he knew because he grew up on the streets, Right. Well, I mean, Spielberg, uh, Spielberg has... Oh, actually, I have this in my notes. Steven Spielberg, see, Martin Scorsese grew up on the streets, so he knew about, like, violence, gangs, music, you know, compassion. Fun fact, uh, Martin Scorsese was an assistant uh, director and editor for the uh, music documentary Woodstock. Did you know that? I didn't know that. And that's also where he met uh, Thelma... Thelma Schoonmaker, who is his uh, longtime collaborating editor. Well, if we're talking about music, though, he paired up with John Williams, which is one of the most iconic music composers in the world for movies. And uh, Martin Scorsese hung out with um, a guy who did psycho music, Elmer Bernstein. Bernstein, yeah. Yeah, and then he died. So. Okay, well, he did one or two movies with Elmer Bernstein. He did one. He did one. Okay, when you did one movie and with Elmer Bernstein. guess what movie that was? What? Taxi Driver. That's a good movie. It's a really good movie. But I still say, if you're talking about his, his, his comparing with his coupling with uh, of uh, Shoemaker and his, his attachment to music and more of the arts of today, 
I mean, Spielberg met up with John Williams and made the two of them together made some of the most iconic songs of the 20th century. Thing. Of course, they wouldn't be really played on like radios and things like that. But in the movie world, in the movie universe, think of a John Williams songs. Uh, besides Star Wars, the first thing you're going to think of is anything with Spielberg. That is very true. But here's the thing. Martin Scorsese's movies, he d- it doesn't matter to him. Or I guess it does matter, but he's somehow f- like gone through the hardships of kind of sticking to his auteurness. He does the, you know, the New York, New Yorks. He does the last waltz. And honestly, you know what? Martin Scorsese doesn't need a John Williams because he hangs out with musicians. He he directed the documentary, The Last Walt. He directed the Michael Jackson bad music video. He did the, he did the, like a thing on Bob Dylan. He loves just the music culture. I, and I think Steven Spielberg is the remnants of what movies were like these big theatrical, you know, but he's, he's sold it. He sold it out. He sold us down the river while Martin Scorsese is the guy who could talk about, you know, um, Edith Head's fashion design all day long or Gregory Peck in some random. I think that that Spielberg is just much more modest. He's much just more modest. I think Scorsese really likes to talk the talk. And he does walk the walk, oh, but I think like Spielberg. He I feel struts. like I feel like Spielberg flies though. If we're you're, you're kind of just talking about how he's flown like, to the sun and how like this hippie is as socially. I'm talking about Spielberg is known well known for being a geek and being an outcast in Hollywood. But like when it comes to his movies, no, he's not an outcast. What he was mean? an outcast kind of in the beginning. I oh, mean, the great. studios loved him, but like in the '70s and he early knew how 80s, to play the he knew he just the pers- he honestly the, like I read it in a book. It's Raging Bull, Easy Rider, Raging Bull, great, great book. The reason why is he knew, and this is another thing on how to become a successful director, is you know the points. You know how much you're going to lose on a film and how much you're going to make back in return. Okay? Well, like, and that, I think that's how Martin Scorsese did it too. His movies made just enough money that the studios were like, okay, good for you. Now make whatever. Until New York, New York. Um, and then he and then he went on to do. Uh, well, there's believe, a whole thing. He made That's the thing about Scorsese. Well, okay, he, until, he also became addicted to coke. Oh yeah, there you go. Scorsese has a giant gap from a lot of the '80s. He was trying to kind of redefine himself, and he did After Hours, which kind of started to bring him up again. Uh, but there was a big gap in the '80s that he really didn't do too much, and that I mean, looking at oh, that's just just producing, but. Because, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. Because I'm not he was gonna... making his own stuff. Um, Steven Spielberg. Uh, you, you have ten Steven years Spielberg. to make some great things. Thing is, and Steven... in the '80s, Spielberg started doing Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., which is one of the most amazing <sighs> friendship mil- movies ever made. And he did uh, Indiana Jones, Color Purple, Empire of the Sun, one of the most oh, underrated yeah, films. Movie. He has ever made so good. And that is, that's more that he can ever boast for than what Scorsese did in the but 80s. But they're cartoon. Uh, here's the thing I like the cartoonish kind of, you know, playing on your heart, pull on your heartstring kind of thing. 
Martin's Chris says he makes you kind of look at life how it is in his own kind of brutish way in a very stylized sort of way that isn't commercial. And I say, you know, that's more, and he, he thrives in that. Um, I think he has become a little bit more commercialized, uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> I can't say the name. Uh, but, uh, that's just because honestly, Martin, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is probably the most blockbuster thing in his movies. Mm. Everything else is like strange and in reminiscence to the old way of movie making. I don't know. I, I, I think scores. I mean, I think Spielberg has, has that hot. Has had that Hollywood, you know, vibe of it of, of B plus movies. I think that's one way of describing him. But I think he has always, up until recently, he has always been amazing at really being having big, larger than life stories, but also having it relate back to the human being very human, I, and human relationships, yeah, but there, and, and very real moments. While also coupled with these huge, I mean, I still think one of my favorite films of his, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, it is an abstract idea of the first time we met aliens, but he dealt with it in such a realistic way. Yeah, but Um, actually on that point, I mean, yeah, I think he does a fantastic job on making small things into big things, like... uh, The father issues in uh, Close Encounter, you know, those little table moments. But then at the very end, you see these huge ships. I want to see a Steven Spielberg movie where it is just about a family going on a road trip. Well, that's Give just... me that. All right. Th- this he is your never... closing statement now. Oh, okay. Start it. Uh, my closing statement is that Martin Scorsese, he looks at life through a magnifying glass. He, in a way, in my view, is like the daredevil compared to the Iron Man. You know, Iron Man saves the entire world... Well, Daredevil saves, you know, a, a prostitute from a drug dealer on a street. He cares about, Martin Scorsese sees a, 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 an aspect. Well, as Steven Spielberg, because his things are so large, I think it gets diluted. I think his movies are diluted, and I think he's continuing to push the dilution. And I, I'm not, a, I, I don't think that's how... We should, you know, continue. Because right. as you've seen, I, I complain about blockbusters all the time. My turn? Yep. Um, I, I think Spielberg does a great job of not everything in films needs to be that grit, needs to be that, that grime of what obviously the, the New York kind of vibe of things, of, of people just being kind of, most of the times gangsters are gangster like i think spielberg has a great job of doing different characters but all having it larger than life but still focusing on very real very human people um and he, and i think it's great for it's the most universal um Who while i think scorsese really hits home for a very specific type of individual while i think spielberg Spielberg is like the Beatles, or while Hall- I think Hallmark. Scorsese is like Rolling Stones. No, yeah, no. You, I think I, that's oh, a, I, actually, I'm still in my final oh, statements, so by the way. Well, I think Spielberg 
is like the Beatles and the fact that everyone loves the Beatles. If you don't, honestly, Shame on turn you. off this podcast. Yeah, but uh, the the Scorsese is like the Rolling Stones. They're much more grime. They're much more the hit. But you know, and they're more real. They're actually the, all Stones, of them are good musicians. It's it's not everyone likes Rolling Stones. You know, they're not unanimous with 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 music in general like i mean okay they are pretty big but like they're not you know the beatles so that's my thoughts is i think that spielberg really hits home and also if we're going back to the original question which we have completely avoided who is more influential let's say it together steven steven spielberg Spielberg. oh yeah i totally agree oh my god why did you take scorsese well because you hogtied me in the middle of the night i hogtied you yeah Guys, fun story. Uh, uh, fun story. Uh, I had Sam over for a nice dinner and croissant, mm. and later that night, in the middle of the night, Sam's like, "We're doing this podcast: Martin Scorsese versus Steven Spielberg, <laughs> who changed cinema better." And I'm like, "Please don't kill me, <laughs> Mr. Man." And well, like, this was not as much of a debate as it was Zach no. trying to figure out his point. No, no, and then... I, I think I think I came to the conclusion: yes, Steven Spielberg <laughs> is. Uh, more influential, but like I said, I don't think it should be influential. Okay, well that's a different discussion. No, that is the discussion. The- <laughs> All right, well I think we should move and we can talk about that at I'm a later undecided you in the time. Eyes now, Sam. I'm seeing those balls on your face. Looking my yeah. eyes. Ow. Yeah. Oh, that's, stop that's it! The glare poking. hurts. That's me, like my eyes jutting out of my head and like poking into you. Yeah, I, I felt <laughs> it. Ow. <laughs> Okay, well, this is just getting really intimate, but also painful. Um, Painfully intimate. Anyways, Anyways, at that dinner, uh, we were watching this film, uh, which we'll talk about briefly, uh, The Manchurian Candidate. I loved it. I loved it. uh, Manchurian uh, Manchurian Candidate is a John Frank, Frank Frank Meyer movie. People, I would turn the- <laughs> Frankenmeyer. That's his name. Yeah, it was directed, and it's about um, a brainwashed army guy who it, it, the plot is he's about to assassinate the president or something like that. I don't want to ruin too much, but it's fantastic. The shots are it's in black and white. It stars Frank Sinatra, though I thought Frank Sinatra was. Like, actually, the least great part. Angela Lansbury was fantastic as the bad mother. It just all around, whew, great movie. It was it was shot, like, you, you think of it, the acting was very typical, 50s, kind of flat. But the shots in it were really fascinating. There was a lot of, there was the one scene, so basically what happens towards the beginning, so this isn't ruining anything, but um, the... The they basically turn it into this communist like hunt where um uh the mom who also helps with the brainwashing uh has the husband or someone um come in and basically call out this governor saying that he's a communist and he has all these different people attached to him who are communists and he does this at a very public like court gather at like a, a news uh, press conference or something. And it's such an amazing shot because it's just back and forth. But in each of the shots, there's a television in the corner oh, yeah. that is a live broadcast of it. So in the corner, it's cutting back and forth. 
but also in that same frame you see the actual thing taking place. So it's like in the corner, it's telling you it has the close-ups, but it's much more of like what TV would have been like or what or, uh, news would have been like uh, in the 50s. And then it also is cutting back and forth between the actual thing happening. And it's so cool because you see people are placed in the screen, like closer to the camera so you can see all these people's reactions. It's just done beautifully. And there's so many times where it, it's it's really intense close-ups and there was this one issue we found though with frank sinatra yeah and um, uh janet lynn uh lean lynn lean from uh, psycho she's the woman who gets stabbed in the shower spoilers spoilers <laughs> um she, she didn't really need to be there it just kind of like hey. well that and also frank sinatra was like out of focus oh yeah that was so weird uh, towards the end of the movie there were several times where they just cut to Frank Sinatra close up and it's super out of focus. If I did that at my job, I would probably get slapped over the head and go, what the matter you? Yeah. It, the Frank Sinatra, the character itself shop. was enforced. The character was like probably the main protagonist, yeah. but it did seem kind of like, you know, if they, if they got like Justin, when every time Justin Timberlake is in a film. You it's go like, like okay, oh, okay. He I just... mean, you're an okay actor, but like, oh, you're no. not an actor. It was more like John uh, Frankenmeyer was like, uh, "This is a pretty crazy idea for a film. Let's throw in some names." Yeah, uh, Frank Sinatra. He'll Let's do attach it. that person, and he's like, ah, "As long <laughs> as I it. get to wear my vagabond shoes." <laughs> hey, John Frankenmeyer's like, "Oh, fine. You can wear your little." Vagabond shoes. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm here to stay. You can't stay in my house, Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Man, if Frank Sinatra just showed up to my house and was like, hey, I'm here to stay. But he's wearing these tiny vagabond shoes. <laughs> oh, if he's wearing, it depends on how tiny they are. Well, the thing is, is, when I think of vagabond shoes, I think of those shoes that have like little curl, like elf shoes. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking <laughs> <Yeah>. of. <laughs> but they have little it's like belts. that's all they paid them in is like really expensive vagabond I shoes. Have vagabond shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, go see it. Uh, there's also other ones with Robert Redford apparently. No, I oh it that up. was a lie. Okay, it was a lie. By there's a an, there's a remake with Denzel Washington. I haven't seen yeah, it, but I, don't think I it's know that, good. that it probably stinks. It also was remade into a Simpsons episode as well. Simpsons took it. Yeah, Chris, uh, uh, Chris of the Crab was going to be killed. Sideshow oh, Bob. Yeah. Well, no, there's a uh, bunch brainwashed, of... Brainwashed uh, Bart Simpson. Yeah, I, I was actually... Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Adult Swim uh, shows, and there's a show called Venture Brothers. They did a parody of that. It's a classic... It's a classic thing movie. now, you know, but the, it, this the was the beginning of guy it. And it also... It, it came, it was a lot of like the, you know, like Twilight Zones, where it was like a lot of science experiments and the government yeah. is kind of like doing some weird I, stuff. I really wanted to watch a Twilight Zone after that, but instead, yeah. Sam went to bed and mm. I watched Columbo. Yeah, I went to bed. It was a good sleep. I woke up and I was feeling fresh. I was a little tired, but I got to watch Columbo, so I was okay. Mm. So, uh, what do you think? I wait, guess... do you got you to read the book. Oh, yeah, I gotta read We'll edit this I part have, out. We'll I have the book. Oh, Here's the do. book, yeah. Okay, right. so cut back in. And, wait. Go. And here we are with uh, this ch uh, this week's uh, 
paragraph from Charlie Chandlin's My Biography. Mm. We're about to go on to the next page, by the way. Oh, yes. wait, really? Yeah, we're not even on after. It's still... Wait, okay. The second page I heard, it's pretty nuts. All yeah, right, let's it gets go. pretty weird. Well, I wonder, does that... Yeah, this is... Oof, this wait, is Zach, weird. I have a question. Can I... You, you want to read the it? the honor? Yes, yeah. here you are, Sam. Okay. You'll probably read it better. <laughs> okay. When the last had gone his way, it was as though the sun had gone under a cloud, and I would return to a row of old, derelict houses that sat back off the Kennington Road to three pun panal <laughs> terrace. And mount, that, was the, that was the page turn, by the way. And mount the rickety stairs that led to our small garret the house was depressing, and its air was foul with stale slopes and old clothes. This particular Sunday, Mother was seated, gazing out the window. She turned and smiled weakly. The room was stifling, stifling, a little over 12 feet square, and seemed smaller, and the slanted ceiling seemed lower. The table against the wall was crowded with dirty plates and teacups, and in the corner, snug against the lower wall, was an old iron bed, which Mother had painted white. Between the bed and the window was a small fire grate, and at the foot of the bed, an old armchair that unfolded and became a single bed upon which my brother, Sidney, slept. But now, Sidney was away at sea. To be continued. Wow. You know what? My favorite word in the world is snug. Snug? I feel like snug is just so... Like, I... If if someone said, hey, what adjective do you want to be for the rest of your life? I would want to be snug. I feel like being snug is just like, it just feels like I'm all, it's like, it's not like bundled up, but yeah. just like always a little bit like cheery, not really like uh, really excited or anything, but just like, ah, I'm feeling snug. I think mine is like hoobla. My favorite, my favorite word. You want to be hoobla? No, like just like. <laughs> like That's a noun. Well, I like hoobla. What's your favorite adjective? Uh, something with poop in it. Wow. Like, wow, poop a doop. Oh my dear. No, I mean, like, it makes me smile. No, what's, there's that one word uh, from Bravest Warriors. Do you remember? It's just like <laughs> the guy's like, you know, they're, what does he say? Uh, debauchery? It's like, yeah, they're a bo- like bodacious. Oh, bodacious. Bodacious was my favorite word. You want to be bodacious? That's, uh, we cracked up when he. What does bodacious that. mean, Zach? Extremely bowed. Bodacious. <laughs> Extremely bowed. I mean, uh, well, I looked it up and it, no, that's Boche. Oh, excellent, admirable, or attractive. Yes. Oh, very good. There right. you go. See All right, well, bye bye. Goodbye to those ears. Have a safe bus ride or wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, and uh, hopefully you have figured out. Um, who you like, Spielberg or Scorsese? Go home Comment and watch a, watch a. What was the movie you, you want to watch tonight? Um. Oh, uh, it's it's Mar- uh, I'm gonna be watching tonight Martin Scorsese's very first movie, "Look Who's Knocking at My Door," featuring the first appearance of a Harvey Cattell. Mm. Enjoy. Bye. Bye. Bye.